When you think of open enrollment for buying healthcare insurance, do you do the eye roll or think, there is nothing better than a root canal with no anesthesia than having to choose a health insurance plan? Does it really have to be this complicated? As someone who works in healthcare every day, sadly, it is complicated, but knowledge is power and thankfully there are some great resources and people to help you along the way. Are you tired of the high cost of healthcare? Are you overwhelmed trying to navigate a complicated healthcare system? Welcome to Get Savvy, demystifying healthcare weekly podcast where we take complicated healthcare topics and make them simple. Imagine if you could stop feeling paralyzed with fear and frustration and instead be empowered to make smart healthcare decisions for you and your family. Get Savvy with your host, Sandy Kibling, a healthcare professional changing how healthcare knowledge is shared. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, Countdown to Open Enrollment 2024, What to Expect. I have made it my mission for this podcast to discuss how better to navigate our complicated and expensive healthcare system, and part of this is buying health insurance, which can greatly impact your life and your families. So how do we take these complicated topics and make them simple? Well, I have a series of reels on Facebook and Instagram that breaks down these open enrollment topics bite by bite and 90 second reels. So make sure you check out those links where you can access all these quick tips. I will also have additional podcasts launching throughout the open enrollment period that are going to provide some amazing resources and words of wisdom. I'm also bringing on several guests that will provide excellent advice and resources, whether you need standard commercial insurance or a Medicare Advantage plan. So let's get into our topics. Today, we're going to talk about open enrollment versus annual enrollment, what you need to know. We're going to talk about on the exchange and off the exchange. What is the difference? We're going to talk about how to pick the right plan for you. And finally, we're going to talk about if you're still confused, how an agent or broker can help you through the process at no charge to you. So let's dig in. Open enrollment versus annual enrollment. So open enrollment is that specified period where you can stop, start, or change healthcare coverage. So if you don't have health insurance, this could be an opportunity for you to look at different plans and select one. Maybe your health care needs have changed. This is an opportunity for you to switch your health insurance plan from your current one to one that better suits your health needs. Or maybe you just decide you can't afford health insurance anymore and you are making the decision to go without. Now is the time you can cancel. Now, just on a quick note, if this is your decision to cancel that insurance, there are alternative options for care out there like direct primary care. Now, this model works on a membership monthly fee and does not involve insurance companies. I did a podcast on this topic that I will link to if you would like to know more. Annual enrollment. This is if you have health care insurance with your employer. You will typically, typically get an email from Human Resources or HR and or a mailer with a pamphlet of the health care choices your employer is offering for 2024. Your employer may have changed health insurance companies and are added additional benefits or maybe even have taken some away. Make sure you review during this period to make sure changes, make sure of any changes you want to make to your health insurance. Maybe you want to switch to a different health insurance plan, add supplemental coverage, or opt out of any optional coverage. This is your chance to do this with your employer. People often make these changes during the annual enrollment or open enrollment because they want to manage their insurance costs differently or improve their coverage. 
Maybe you anticipate needing more medical care in the coming year or you haven't been using your plan and want to see if there's a lower cost option. I would also add that maybe finances have changed and perhaps in previous years, you did not qualify for a subsidy or financial assistance and now you may qualify. So make sure and check out your options. The time period you can do this is typically November 1st through January 15th, but this can vary by state. So I'm going to provide you a link where you can confirm per state exactly when that time frame is. Let's get into on the exchange versus off the exchange. What's the difference? Well, as the name implies, if you buy your health insurance through the health insurance exchange in your state or healthcare.gov, then it's considered an on exchange plan. Besides the convenience of being able to shop and compare many different plans from various health insurance companies, you may also qualify for financial help with any out-of-pocket cost in the form of subsidies. These are premium subsidies, which could be a premium tax credit, meaning you get those dollars when you get your tax return to help offset the cost of health care, or cost-sharing reductions, also called cost-sharing subsidies to help offset the cost. You'll need to apply directly with your health insurance exchange to find out if you qualify, but it's an easy process. It only requires a little information such as your household, income, and the number of people that live in your home. It is important to note that subsidies are only available for plans that are purchased on the exchange. I would also add that for 2024, they are adding additional dollars due to inflation. Off-exchange health insurance is a plan that is purchased directly from an insurance provider or through an agent or broker. This is outside of your state's health insurance marketplace or outside of healthcare.gov, aka the exchange. Though these are considered private plans, they also fall under the ACA compliance, which ensures minimum coverage or the essential health benefits, which I'll cover shortly. A benefit of purchasing health insurance from an insurance provider is that you have more firsthand experience with the plans they offer, and they can break down even more details and differences in their offerings. Sometimes insurance providers may even offer more options than their plans that are available on the exchange, and this is important to note and ask questions of which I'll get into in just a moment. Additionally, you can enjoy the simplicity of direct enrollment with an agent rather than a less direct online portal that connects you with the insurance company. So back to that important point. The important point to make is that a lot of plans on the exchange are referred to as a narrow network. And what this means is say that you wanna go to an orthopedic practice for a concern for your knee. If you purchase direct, that's off the exchange, you may have access to 15 orthopedic practices in your area. But if you purchase a plan on the exchange, your choices may be narrowed in that you can only use three of those ortho groups out of the 15. And maybe it limits that you can only have your surgery at a limited number of facilities. A lot of insurance companies offer these plans so they can offer them at a lower cost to you, but it may limit your options. So you need to be aware of this and make sure you've looked at your healthcare needs and preferences. And if choosing a plan, make sure your provider takes that plan. So when you're asking, don't just ask if they take Anthem. Make sure and identify the specific plan. For example, do you take Anthem Pathways Silver Plan? While a group may be contracted with Anthem, they may not be contracted for all products. It can be tricky. I recorded an entire episode on this and we'll link to it. It's called Open Enrollment, The Narrow Network. Is it too narrow for you? 
And finally, just to note this again, that if you are choosing to purchase off the exchange, once again, any subsidies are not available with plans you purchase off the exchange. Now, going back to those essential benefits, when the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010, it required that essential benefits be included. Now, before that ACA passed this, you could buy a health insurance plan that had minimum, minimal benefits. And so, or maybe it didn't cover pre-existing conditions, but the essential health benefits is really some amazing things that can, will be included or required to be included in the plan, plans, whether you purchase on the exchange or off the exchange. So what are those health benefits? Well, ambulatory patient services, emergency services, hospitalization, pregnancy, maternity, newborn care, both before and after birth, mental health and substance use disorders, prescription drugs, rehabilitative and habilitative services, and devices that will assist with injuries, disabilities, chronic conditions, laboratory services, preventative and wellness services, pediatric services, including oral and vision care. But a note that um, on the, the essential benefit doesn't apply for adult dental and vision coverage, unfortunately. There may be also additional benefits depending on your state, maybe birth control coverage or breastfeeding coverage. So make sure and check those out. Now, essential health benefits are the minimum requirements for all plans, but specific services covered in each broad category that I just reviewed can vary based on your state's requirements. So make sure you ask those questions. Also keep in mind per state, there could be additional benefits, including that dental coverage, vision coverage, and medical management programs, such as programs for weight loss, back pain, and diabetes. Now, how do you choose the right plan? Well, I'm gonna focus mainly on the marketplace or on the exchange. So in choosing the health insurance plan, while it can be complicated, if you know just a few things, it can make it simpler. So here we go. When you go on the exchange, you're likely going to see the four metal categories. These are the bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Now, these categories are going to show how you and your plan are going to share the cost. For example, if you chose the bronze category, the insurance company will pay 60% of your medical cost and you're going to pay 40%. If you choose the gold plan, the insurance company will pay 80% and you pay 20%. So it's a good idea to evaluate your healthcare needs and risk aversion and ability to pay. So think about your total healthcare costs as much as you can for the coming year. You're going to need to think about that premium, that deductible, that co-payment, co-insurance, and also the health and drug services you'll use. And that this will help you just make a quick list of it. And that way it can help you really think about the, the metal column or the, the bronze, silver, gold, or premium plan category that's going to be best for you. Now, speaking of that, I talked about premium, deductible, and copay. Now's a good time to have a little bit of a refresher as to what these are. So the monthly premium is going to be that amount you pay to your insurance company every month just to have health insurance. The deductible is how much you have to spend for covered health services before your insurance company pays anything. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you have a $5,000 deductible, you're going to have to meet that before your insurance company is going to, to kick in and pay that 70% and you pay 30%. Now, there is one exception to that I want to note, and that is the preventative services. 
I will add a link to preventative services. They have specific ones for women, children, and men. And keep in mind that for preventative services like mammograms, colonoscopies, regardless if you have a deductible, that's a free service for you to, so don't, don't think you can't get that mammogram done or that preventative test done if, just because you haven't met your deductible. So make sure you, you take note of that. And again, I'll link to it so you can read more about that. Co-payments and co-insurance. Payments are, these are payments you make to your health care provider each time you, you get care, like $20 to go to your primary care physician or $45 to see a specialist. So the, make sure you look at the fine print and see what those co-payments are. And finally, there's out-of-pocket maximum. So that's going to be the number that the, the money that you have to spend for covered services in a year. After you reach that amount, the insurance company will not pay on that tiered metal like bronze 70% and you pay 30%, they pay for 100% of covered services. So let's look at a quick example. Let's say you have a plan and the premium is $700 a month. So 700 times 12 will be 8,400. And then you also have that plan has a $5,000 deductible, which means you will pay for all services until you reach the $5,000. And then your health insurance will kick in their portion based on the plan you purchased. So in this case, say you chose the silver plan, then your insurance plan would pay 70% and you pay 30%. But in a year, if you add that premium amount, $8,400 to the $5,000 amount, that's $13,400 you have to pay before insurance kicks in. So something to think about when you're making your list of your healthcare needs. So let's say continue with a scenario that you're out of pocket, let's say is 8,000. Once you reach this amount, your insurance company will cover 100% of all services. So things to consider, you know, what are your healthcare needs? Do you see a specialist for a chronic condition? Because if you do, you could very likely meet that deductible pretty quickly. So maybe that's going to influence which plan you choose. What are the costs of your prescription meds? Do you need physical therapy or mental health needs? How much money can you afford to pay monthly and out of pocket until you meet that deductible? So once you've made that list, now you can go online and then preview plans and prices. So they're going to ask for basic information like zip code, household size, and income. And then once you put that in, in that information, you can view plans. You can also select an option called add yearly cost on any of the plans listed. And you can also pick the level of care you expect to use in the year. Maybe it's low, maybe it's medium or high. Select save and you can get your estimated total yearly cost for each plan. So that could be a very helpful tip in, in helping you choose a plan based on your healthcare needs. Now, one other thing I want to talk about um, that can be confusing as you're viewing plans are the different plan types. So the common ones that you will likely see are Exclusive Provider Organization, or EPO. This is going to be a managed care plan where services are covered only if you use a doctor, specialist, or hospitalist in the plan's network, except in the case of an emergency. Now, this plan is also called a self-funded, and it may be a plan typically um, that employers may purchase. More common ones that you may see are HMO, or Health Maintenance Organization. So this is a type of health insurance plan that usually limits coverage to care for doctors who work for or contract with that HMO. A good example of this, depending upon where you're at, is Kaiser Permanente, big on the, the West Coast, but they have their own hospitals, they have their own medical offices, they hire their own doctors, and they require 
that you stay in that hub, so to speak, of doctors. Let's say you have a your favorite specialist you like to see or, or second opinion you want that's outside of, of the HMO. You'll usually have to pay for that out of pocket. They won't won't refer you out typically because they want to keep you within that HMO. Now, HMOs often provide that integrated care, which can be great, and they fo- with a focus on that prevention and wellness. A POS or point of service plan is a type of plan where you can pay less if you use the doctors, hospitals, and other healthcare providers that belong to the network. POS plans may require you to get a referral from your primary care doctor in order to see a specialist. The plan that probably offers you the most freedom is really a preferred provider organization or PPO. Once again, it's a type of health plan where you can pay less if you use the providers in the network, but you can use doctors, hospitals, and providers out of the network without a referral for an additional cost. Here's what I mean by that. If you have a PPO, maybe your plan pays 80% and you pay 20%. But let's say that you want to go to a specialist that you know is out of network, but you want to get a second opinion. The PPO will usually have an out-of-network tier. Let's say they'll cover 60% and you pay 40%. But if you know that that's something that you might need, a PPO may be a better plan for you. So some things to consider as you are looking at these plans. Now, after this is all said and done, and if you say, you know, I'm still confused, let's talk about agent and broker and how they can help you through the process. So first of all, a health insurance broker is going to play a unique role with the health insurance ecosystem. They really serve as an intermediary between consumers and health insurance companies, providing customers with expert guidance, access to policy information, and selection of recommended personalized options. Brokers must be licensed by the state in which they work and keep in mind that they're paid by commissions from the health insurance companies, so they shouldn't be charging you. Now, who should use a broker? Well, brokers are popular among self-employed workers, gig workers, or other individuals who lack employer-sponsored insurance. But they can also be important to business owners offering a group plan to employees, say a small business owner, who may lack the resources to fully address insurance issues in-house or in a comprehensive manner. Brokers can typically assist with the federal state managed marketplace exchanges, and they also can offer guidance about public programs, premium tax credits, and other government-based cost-saving options. Bottom line is they're going to sit down with you with no bias to one health insurance company over another. They really work to understand what your needs are and present the options that may be best for you. So let's talk about the difference between brokers versus agents. So while health insurance agents are also licensed professionals who connect customers with insurance carriers, a broker's role differs in a few ways. Agents usually represent a single insurance company and provide options only for that that health insurance company when recommending plans. Brokers, meanwhile, represent the customer. So in many states, they are bound by legal obligation to help customers find the most appropriate plan for them, regardless of the company that sells it. So should you prefer this option, I'm going to add a link in the resources where you can find agent or brokers in your state. So this is a wrap. There's so much more we can talk about, but I hope this information was helpful to you. Make sure and check out the links, resources, and additional podcasts to help guide you through this process. It can be complicated, but knowledge is power to make sure you get the healthcare coverage you need for 2024. In our next episode, we have Harlan Pickett, who has two decades of rich experience in the healthcare industry and his profound knowledge as an insurance broker. 
He will enlighten us on the state of healthcare, alternative health care insurance options, and the topic of are you paying for your health insurance but are still unprotected? A timely topic indeed for this open enrollment period. Until next time, get savvy. Get savvy.